0: Hi, I'm Danielle Kelly. Welcome to another JPR Live session where we get to chat up artists we love and love to listen to here on the Rhythm & News service, as well as hear one-of-a-kind in-studio performances. Today my guest is Jessica Fischow, a multi-instrumentalist, producer, sound engineer specializing in accordion playing, piano as well. She's a composer and lyricist fluent in not only English, but also French and Chinese. Welcome, Jessica Fischot, to the JPR studio. Thank you so much for having us. We got to chat you up in 2016. That was a while ago. That was before our new digs here. So it's really great to have you here in the Steve Nelson Performance Studio. Welcome back. And you got to bring friends with you today. Who'd you bring with you in the studio today?
1: So I have Chloe Fioronzo, who's going to play clarinet and saxophone. Hello. Hello. We have Alexis Soder Jr., who's on upright bass. Hello. <laughs> and Tom Moose on guitar.
0: So glad to be here. Oh, wonderful. And uh, and maybe we'll let him loose the moose la- loose later. He had some <laughs> jokes earlier. <It> was... <laughs> so thanks so much for coming in today. We've got some shows in the Rogue Valley, and um, we've got some fascinating instruments in here today. We, we listen to a lot of guitar on the Rhythm and News service, but the accordion is a special treat. And um, I don't know, I was thinking maybe you could give us a little intro to your instrument here. There's a lot going on. There's keys, there's buttons, there's all this mess in between. Can you give us a little tour of the accordion? Sure. Um, But before I do that, I want to say, so I consider myself more vocalist who
1: plays some accordion rather than just an expert accordion player. But I can do a little introduction of the accordion. So I grew up playing the piano. And when I put my band together, it was all the way back in 2007. I I actually looked for an accordionist, um, but I couldn't find one. So it was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just, it's similar, right? Um, there are some similarities between piano and accordion, so I'm just going to start playing it a little bit uh, w- with the band. So that's how I started playing accordion. And um, so I play the piano accordion, which means that my right hand is, it's like playing a keyboard, it's like playing the piano, except I have to open and close the bellows. That's the easy part. I don't know why I'm holding it up. This is on the radio, so I don't, you, won't, you won't see it. I appreciate it. <laughs> but um, the bass is a little bit more complicated. So you have a, a, um, a row that's going to be bass notes, just kind of like what Alexis is doing. <laughs> and then you have a row of uh, major triads, uh, major chords, minor chords, and dominant chords. So that's how it works. And it goes, for for the musicians out there, it goes by the cycle of fifth, which means that if you're doing a very simple song, for example, with the chords C, F, and G, all those chords are going to be right next to each other. So that's, uh, that's the accordion. And one thing people think about the accordion, they think that you're kind of opening and closing your arms at the same time, but it's only, with this type of accordion, it's only your left arm that moves. Oh, wow. So you're getting better, a, a better workout on your left arm than your right. <laughs> so here we have the bass note. There's actually a little mark on the uh, bass note C. That's how I can uh, find where it is, even though I can't, you know, see what I'm doing. It just, I just, I can feel it because there's a little dent. Right next to it is the note G, and um, right an- below uh, the C is F. So if I'm playing, let's say, uh, C, F, C, G... All those, I barely have to move my uh, fingers. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, the right. All all these configurations, are, your fingers are right near each other. Exactly. Beautiful. So
1: that was a little introduction.
0: Very Well, thank you very much. And speaking of instruments, I noticed another unique thing that is often along with you in tour uh, is a tiny, it's not with us here today in the room, but a tiny piano. And um, I've heard you play this. There's a, there's a video on your website, uh, a music video featuring this piano, and it's got a really haunting tone to it. And I just want, I figured there must be a story behind the tiny piano.
1: Yeah. So actually the toy piano, uh, the tiny piano is called a toy piano. Uh, we have it with us on tour. We actually fly with it in a cardboard case. It's in the car right now, so I didn't <laughs> didn't bring it out for, for this uh, for this session. But uh, it basically functions like like a regular piano. Instead of um, so when you when you press the key of a piano, you have a little hammer that uh, plucks on a string. Um, not plucks strikes. strikes a string with the toy piano, uh, the little hammer will hit a um, little tube of um, made of metal, so it sounds a little bit like a bell, and the reason it has this really intriguing sound is always a little bit out of tune, kind of like a very, very small church bell, and it has this haunting sound also because I think a lot of kids have toy pianos it 's a you know easy instrument to have <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, it has this kind of haunting. Slightly uh, creepy, but slightly cute um, sound. <laughs> creepy and sentimental,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, I got this toy piano at first when I started playing, um, when I decided I wanted to put a band together, I was going to play keyboard, but I, I realized, you know, keyboard is a hard thing to lug around. Um, so it's like I, I found this toy piano on eBay, and so I got it. And and since then, this is my uh, my third generation of, of toy pianos because, you know, they do break after um, going on many, many flights. So, um, But yeah, it has this really, really cool, um, cute and creepy sound. It gives a
0: very unique and beautiful um, element to your music. Um, we're so excited to hear some music. Are you ready to strike up the band? play a Yeah. Tune? What would you like to play for us first?
1: Yeah, so we're going to play a song that I wrote actually fairly recently. It's a song that's not on any of my albums yet. It's going to be on the what I call the slowly upcoming album, because I've been working on it for a while, but it is upcoming. Uh, It's called Je suis un génie. It's a song in French. Je suis un génie actually means I'm a genius. And I wrote it thinking about the times when uh, I'm really, really struggling to write a song, which is every time I try to write a song. Uh, There's, you know, I struggle, I struggle. I have little ideas here and there, have little bits of melodies, but there's there's always a moment where... A few seconds, and like, oh, this is great. I'm actually a genius. This is the best song I've written. And um, this is what the song is about. And uh, like a few of my songs in, in my performances, it's a call and response song. So it has moments where uh, the audience, such as yourself right now, repeats some of the words that I say. The words in the song are very easy. They go, mais oui, mais oui.
2: Mais oui, mais oui. Oui, oui, oui. Oui, oui, oui. oui, oui, oui. Mais oui. Again. Mais oui, mais oui. Mais oui, mais oui.
1: Oui, oui, Mais oui. Let's try it. Mm-hmm.
2: Parfois j'ai une mélodie qui me démange. Quelques paroles que je gribouille sur le coin d'une liste de courses. Un petit couplet, un petit timide, un refrain peut-être un peu étrange comme une graine, il faut que ça germe, il faut que ça pousse. Et là ça vient comme un déclic. Là soudaine va une inspiration presque ludique Je suis un génie, je crée la magie du bout de ma foi. Personne ne l'est pas de tous les temps, n'a jamais pu penser à ça sauf moi. Je suis un génie, j'ai comme Jusqu'à la chine enchaînera tous mes chansons Comme cette ingénue, ma mélodie, c'est fantastique C'est une évidente, plus que suffisante Je dirais même qu'elle sont brillantes Quand je les chante de ma voix grave Comme ces comptes, je me suis que Comme j'ai le talent de sonore C'est inventé ma passion, j'entends mes orchestrations C'est sans, je me dis qu'enfin J'écris quelque chose de plutôt bien Mais oui, mais oui Oui, oui, mais oui. Oui, oui, oui. Oui, oui, oui Mais oui. Oui, oui, mais si je suis un génie Un sentiment inconfortable Est-ce que j'ai entendu ce refrain Au guichet d'une station service En fait c'est nul, c'est pitoyable Pas même une note utilisable C'est ça l'inspiration Ça c'est faire des caprices Et là je me dis C'est insensé Il y a quelques minutes que j'ai pu penser Je suis un génie, je crée magie. du bout de ma voix Personne n'est le partout, tous les temps n'ai jamais pu penser à ça, sauf moi Je suis un génie, j'ai comme une bonne, la composition Du bout de l'argentine jusqu'à la Chine, je te râpe tous ma chanson Comme ça fait j'ai lui le c'est fantastique, c'est une dingue, en plus que suffisante Je dirai même qu'elles sont brillantes quand je chante de ma voix grave Comme c'est quand je me suis d'accord comme j'ai le talent Je n'en s'invente, je ma s'invente, je n'en s'invente, je n'en s'invente, je dis s'invente, je quelque chose De plutôt bien
0: That is Jessica show here in the Steve Nelson Performance Studio with, will you say the name of the song again? Je suis un génie. Oh, beautiful. And, that's, <laughs> and that is in French. Um, to catch our listeners up uh, on your background, uh, in case they don't remember our 2016 <laughs> live <laughs> session, um, you've got a really great, uh, interesting, uh, lively, colorful background. Your uh, parents were... Um, first generation Chinese and French, and you were born upstate New York. Mm-hmm. You were you were born in the states, but grew up right outside of Paris. Am I getting this all right? That's correct. And you're um, you're from a family of engineers, and you yourself went to engi- audio engineering school in Paris, and. Um, I wanted to know, you You then became uh, a songwriter, you went and studied music at, and songwriting specifically at mm-hmm. the Berklee School of Music. Before you went to Berklee, what was your relationship to music as an audio engineer and what made you make that jump? So I was, I mean,
1: an audio engineer is not exactly like an engineer. <laughs> um, I think I... Honestly, the reason I, I got a, a diploma as an audio engineer is because I was a little too scared to go directly into music. So I liked the having the term audio engineer because it sounded a little bit like what my family does. Um, but in terms of, um, I feel like I uh, going to audio en- engineering school, I got just enough knowledge to be very difficult, but not enough to actually know how to do things myself in terms of audio engineering. So that was my uh, my discovery of, um, of audio engineering. Um, but yeah, I think I've, I've always really wanted to, to be a musician. And it was, um, I think now with with musicians, um, like all, all the musicians here, I think we have to learn how to do more than one thing, right? So yes, I, I write songs. I also um, produce um Sometimes you know my, my own records, but mostly um, I, I I do some music for educational pro- programs for kids. Uh, now I also occasionally write music for um, independent video games. Um, you know, as as a touring musician with kind of a small um, with my small ensemble, I have to learn how to do a little bit of tour management. You know, and and uh, have a booking agent now, but sometimes you know I have to take care of some logistics. And uh, yeah, you have to learn how to do a, a few different things, and um, you know, knowing some technical aspects, uh, some gear—that's always
0: important too. Fabulous. I would ask how your multicultural background influences your music, but it's so apparent. You, <laughs> you're singing—you're singing in English, French, in Mandarin, and in all sorts of different styles too: French chanson tradition, gypsy jazz, 1940s Chinese swing. Uh, and you told us before that you didn't grow up or, you know, your, your early dreams of music didn't really include one singing in French or even singing jazz, that that was, quote, my parents' music. And so I'd love to hear the story of how you were drawn to this style of music.
1: I think it's I mean, it's funny that you remember this from 2016, or maybe you reviewed a little bit before this interview. <laughs> I've been studying. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um so I think growing up in France I really only wanted to sing music in English because in France I was really the only person I or one of the only people who could speak uh English so it was cool for me oh I could I could I could sing in English you know my friends uh for for the most part uh don't know how to speak that language and then of course after I moved to the United States I was like well everybody can can speak English here. So um, I kind of rediscovered uh, French chanson at first, the style of music I had kind of ignored um, growing up. Uh, and then that got me, you know, I, I, I rediscovered French chanson after I moved to LA. So I not only uh, rediscovered French music, but also started listening to music in Spanish. I, I always... Um, like to music, uh, listen to music in different languages, even some I don't speak. So I do sing in, in French, English. My Mandarin is not very good, but I do sing in that too. And I, I also sing in, in many different languages: Spanish, Portuguese. Um, the more songs I learn, the more I,
0: I learn different languages. Really, Chinese language has this reputation for being just an impossibly hard, like diff- complex and difficult language to speak. Is it? Does that is that true as well for singing? It's, it's very hard. <laughs> there's because right because there's tones when you're when you're speaking the language. Is that something that um, gets to fall away or, or how? yes? That's actually why I feel it's much
1: easier to sing in Mandarin Chinese than it is to speak it because you don't pronounce the tones when you when you sing. Um, I still have to learn the tones when I'm learning the title of the song. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's much easier. My mom always says that my, my Chinese is terrible when I'm speaking, but when I'm singing, it's passable. That's what she says. <laughs> Beautiful.
0: Well, we'd love to hear another tune. What would you like to play next?
1: Uh, we're going to do a, a song of mine in French. It's actually the very first song I've ever written in French. Uh, I've been playing it for many, many years now. Uh, it's called Un, Deux, Trois. One, two, three.
2: À pleurer quand une vie sans toi est aussi simple que compter un, deux, trois. L'amour est cruel, mais une vie sans toi est aussi simple que compter un, deux, trois. You're not mm
0: Escovy show and her band here live at Jefferson Public Radio. That was a beautiful song in French and I was just thinking uh, as I'm grasping to understand beyond the one, two, three lyrics um, how cool it is that you're singing in these different languages and um, it's such a cool dovetail that part of what you do is create music for ESL for English as Second Language programs. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that project.
1: Well that's something I haven't done it uh, very very recently, but it's it's the first job that I got out of college was to write songs for, for dif- different ESL programs. And it was just um, actually my second job, because my first job was I, I, I got um, a job as a songwriter for uh, children's theaters. And so my job was to write songs for... Um, to be part of play, so I got those stories and I'm like, okay, you have to to write a song for here, here, and here. They saw so your toy really... piano,
0: piano, and they pigeonholed you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the toy piano came <laughs> much later, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it was a really good challenge to have right right out of college because it was writing the songs with with certain um, you know s- certain words I had to use for for every song. Um, you know certain grammar that I couldn't use yet because you know the kids maybe it's you know grade one so the kids haven't learned it yet. And uh, as a to, as a producer, it was interesting because it was just a lot of music to to write and produce kind of quickly. So uh, that was something I did for yeah for a long time. But it's once in a while when I get um, you know on, offered to do a project like that.
0: Interesting, and um, I'm I'm so fascinated at this this patchwork of of different production projects that you do for yourself. You perform live. You have you had this ESL project and then of course i'm fascinated about the video game production you're and you're i'm wondering if you're you've probably put some a little bit of audio engineer um uh expert you know or or education to use but what does that look like what is composing a song versus composing music for someone's video game what is how does that
1: Um, I mean, I think it's quite different because uh, for a song, it's really, I mean the songs that I write are very melody driven. Uh, with some of the games I've worked on, it's very atmospheric. It's almost you don't want the melody to be too present all the time, otherwise, especially if it loops, it's just gonna get a little bit annoying. So it's more of an effort of of sometimes more an effort of of sound design. so um, to write music that's atmospheric and that really fits, the moment in the game. So you don't want the music, um, you know, to be very dramatic if you're just kind of walking around a scene and, and, you know, you might want to have something a little bit calmer. So I think writing music, uh, the the challenge in video games is really to write music that is um, uh, interactive and that fits, you know, what what the player is doing in the game. So it's a very different kind of... um, Kind of job, but definitely um, being able to to write to produce all this is helpful for, for this um, for this medium.
0: Now, does that include sound sound if it's, there's no melody and it sort of soundscapes, Is that sound effects too? You know, someone kind of walks into a wall and there's a. Yes. boing.
1: <laughs> that's also something I do. It's not something I do. Um, I mean, as often, but when I when I work on a on an indie game, usually I, um, the the audio person does everything. So you, I, I do a little bit of that too. So, uh, sound effects and even vo- um, some limited voiceover.
0: Oh, cool. And now is that you at a computer digitally creating these or are these you in a room kind of experimenting with your surroundings and instruments? It's, it's a mix, but for me,
1: it's, it's usually recorded live. And, and the voice is actually the easiest um, or the cheapest instrument you can use to do those, those sound effects. But um, yeah, it, there's so many different tools. I also, you know, there's uh, sound effect libraries that I use. Uh, Alexis actually does, does some of that too. He does um, video game uh, audio as well.
0: Very cool. We can find Jessica's um, <laughs> music videos, music schedule, albums, and also the uh, music, uh, the video games, also on her website, Jessica so- JessicaSongs.com. Yes, JessicaSongs.com and JessicaFusio.com also works. It's really very cool. Um, and it seems, I mean, this music is so unique, and it seems like you have you, you attract equally. Unique performance experiences. Uh, you told us last time about a show you were heading to do in Brooklyn, where you got to open for an orchestra playing live the soundtrack of Triplets of Belleville. Yeah, uh, composed by your fellow Berkeley alumni Benoit Chartres. I'm saying that. I'm slaughtering these French names. Um, really neat. We saw I watched your performance at the Nam, uh, the National National Association for Merch, Music Merchants. Um, a performance for a bunch of musicians. Wow, um, and I just wonder, like, what are what are some standout venues and music experiences? I mean, it sounds like you you kind of attract unique experiences.
1: Well, I mean, I've definitely. I think we all have stories of weird places we've played. Uh, I'm trying to think. there is, I mean, for for me, I, I I know all of us have probably. Um, you know very strange experiences <laughs> but I, I'm thinking of one now where actually I was just performing on my own which is quite quite uh, rare usually I, I have a band but it was just for a few songs it was a private event it was in San Francisco and they wanted me um, uh, they said oh we want you to sing but um, we don't really have room for instruments we just want you to sing you know maybe with a backing track which is not usually something I do but I was like okay I'll I'll do it this time if it's just for, for a few songs. They're like, "Okay, but we want you to climb this ladder which is going to be in the middle of the room and we want you to take the mic and like go all the way on top of that ladder in a gown and then you're going to sing those songs from there. Is that cool?" I'm like, "Okay, sure. Why why not? <laughs> I've never done that before." Um, so that was that was one of my my weird one of my weirdest but not my weirdest. <laughs> I won't talk about my weirdest gigs, but uh, that was definitely a weird one. <laughs> But I, I want to say also in terms of, um, I started touring um, in 2008 and my for, very first tour I played in um, San, uh, in Portland and then I played in Ashland and then I played in San Francisco. That was my f- very first tour ever. Um, so I have a very, um, I to say, like a, a lot of experience playing in Ashland because I've been playing here um, one, once in a while, you know since 2008. So my first venue, uh, I played with Alex's Bar,
0: which was at the time on the, the plaza. Rest and in peace, since it's, it's yeah. <laughs> been now re, re, uh, re-established.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I have played at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, uh, and uh, I've also played um, many shows with uh, the with, uh, Siskiyou
0: Music Project. Oh, who wonderful. Is, um, yeah. Very cool. And that's what brings you through these parts this, this round. That's right. Well, you know, this time around, if I I might have understood this wrong, but I think uh, tonight's performance includes us stomping grapes while we're performing, (laughs) Uh, and then the wine will get bottled as Jessica (laughs) Fichot live wine, Grizzly (laughs) Peaks rare vintage of uh, Jessica Stomp (laughs) Fichot. That's exactly that's exactly what that is. I'm 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 pretty sure I read I might have read it wrong. I I think we're gonna
1: have to to rehearse that a little bit before before we (laughs) play in 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 a couple hours.
0: So um, we've got, you mentioned you have a, a record in the works. Yes. Uh, um, can you tell us a little bit more about what direction that one's heading in?
1: I mean, it's actually, it's it's almost done, but it's al- been almost done for a couple years. <laughs> I have almost all the songs. I'm just missing this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is
0: this continuing in the, va- the vein of this this sort of gypsy swing, uh, 1940s jazz?
1: I think in terms of the, the languages, it's still, you know, I'm I, I still um, singing in a lot of different languages. In terms of the style, I think I'm, you know, I always like to have something, um, there's the experience of of hearing the music live and, and on the record, I feel like it has to be a little bit different. And I always like to have little elements, a little bit more modern. So I, um, even though some of my music is influenced by the 1930s and 40s, like I don't want my records to sound like they, you know, they're trying to sound like that. Like I, I like to have different modern elements. So I, I do have those modern elements in this new record.
0: Wonderful. Well, I think we have time for another tune. What would you like to play next? So we're going to
1: do an old American classic, um, but we're going to do the chorus in Chinese. So the, the name of the song in English is "I Want You to Be My Baby," and in Mandarin Chinese is "Wǒ yào nǐ shuō," which is "I want you to say." So uh, this is another call-and-response song. You can follow along.
2: One, two, uh, one, two, three, go. <laughs> Torch for me that's hotter than an It's time for you to give me a little time to love, baby. Hold me close and hear what I tell you all Wah you Wah yow Wah yum me 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 the i some a bush what you like? can replace it I think it's time for you to start giving me some love And carrying a torch for me that's hotter than enough It's time for you to give me a little tender love Baby, hold me close and hear what I tell you Whoa 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 yeah. Whoa yeah. Whoa 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 Shut
0: Jessica Fischot, live in the Steve Nelson Performance Studio here at JPR. What a wonderful uh, what a wonderful tune, what a wonderful style. Oh my gosh, one of a kind in so many ways. Thank you so much for taking time to come be with us today. Um, I, I said that they could find your information at jessicasongs.com. There was another one you mentioned.
1: Oh, just my name, jessicafischot.com. So it's spelled J-E-S-S-I-C-A-F-I-C-H-O-T.com.
0: Uh, and what's the name of the upcoming album?
1: I wish you wouldn't have asked this. I still am like the reason it's not finished is because I'm struggling to find
0: a name for it. (laughs) Oh my goodness! Well, we can't we can't wait. The suspense is killing us. We can't wait to hear what it is. Please send us a copy our way. Have a wonderful time at Grizzly Peak Winery tonight. Thank you for stopping by. Chloe Fioranzo on the saxophone and clarinet, Tom Moose on the guitar, Alex Soto Jr. on the bass, and Jessica Fischow on the beautiful vocals and the accordion. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Hope to be back. Thank you. This live session has been engineered by Dave Jackson and John Griffin. You can find JPR live sessions on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, and our website, ijpr.org. I'm your host, Danielle Kelly. Open Air will continue right after this.